Entrepreneur on Fire, episode 83. Welcome to EntrepreneurOnFire.com, where remarkable entrepreneurs share their inspiring story. Let their journey illuminate your path to success. And now, your host, John Dumas. Fire Nation, have you ever thought that you'd like to start a podcast but don't have the time, knowledge, or skills? All you need to do is record an MP3, send it to my team, and we do the rest. Visit www.podplatform.com to find out more. Okay, let's get started. I am simply ecstatic to introduce my guest today, Ryan Ware. Ryan, are you prepared to ignite? Fire the cans, John. (laughs) All right, man. Ryan is the founder and CEO of Obsidio. He is on a mission to disrupt how professionals solve problems, share content, and forge stronger relationships through social communities. I've given Fire Nation a little overview, Ryan, but why don't you take it from here, tell us a little bit about you personally, and then tell us about your business. Yeah, well, thanks, John. First of all, I just want to thank you for the opportunity and to uh, get into myself a little bit. Um, I've been basically an entrepreneur for the last 15 years. throughout different industries, uh, kind of started in the construction field, uh, currently still run or consult for construction companies, uh, you know, throughout the United States, got into basically this enterprise social software uh, about three or four years ago, and it really came about with a need for the companies that I was running at the time. We were running multiple companies, we had multiple employees across multiple divisions, and at that time, I think it was actually MySpace was, you know, kind of the hot social network. Right. Uh, you know, Facebook came along later. But looking at the efficiencies of how it connects people, how people can communicate, and how people can share, uh, I kind of inked the first designs for Obsidio. Uh, so really what I wanted to do at that time was create a platform that we could take the efficiencies of what some of these consumer sites like you know, MySpace or Facebook were creating and add in a content management uh, feature. So not only can you, you know, store files, do tasks, manage projects, uh, but, you know, really use <clears throat> the way that the threaded communication in the, in the content sharing can benefit, you know, people across these divisions, pull out experts, allow people to solve problems, things like that. Uh, slowly, as we developed we evolved in uh, Obsidio into basically a mashup of technologies. So best described probably a mashup of Facebook as it has a Facebook interface and LinkedIn, which is a business network. Uh, Like I said, we actually add in content management features and project management features and things like that, uh, you know, that makes us different. Uh, But Obsidio as a whole, how it starts in, in layman's terms is, you know, different than a LinkedIn for business networking, we really focus around communities and social communities, uh, allowing people to create or plug in to these social communities that are on the site. And on the networking side, we try to get it to a regional or a local level. Uh, you know, the power of somebody's network is more in, you know, a regional area. You know, if you're, if you're on a LinkedIn, you might be making a lot of connections, but what are you doing? I kind of call it a, it's, it's kind of a static placeholder. You know, you're, you're, you're putting people in there and you're, you're coming back to them at some point. 
but you're not actively networking with them. So we wanted to create an active network on one side, but we also wanted to use these social collaboration tools, allowing people to create basically their own little private social networks. Anything from uh, you know people on a regional level creating a, uh, a social network for you know passing off referrals to you know we have companies with hundreds of employees that use this as uh, you know communication, content management, and, and uh, project management tool remotely. For, for their work teams. Well, I love Obsidio. I use it every single day. And what really just got me from the very beginning was the types and level of engagement and interaction that you have on this platform. It's very Facebook-like, you're right, but at the same time, it's very business-like. So I'm on there, I'm posting things that are relevant to entrepreneurs or relevant to my business in general, one or the other, and I'm getting real good engagement that I'm just not finding on the other social networks. So that's one reason that I keep coming back for more. Um, I know you know, Ryan, how active I am on it. I'm really just a fan of Obsidio, and I really look forward to delving more into that later on in this interview. But before we do, let's move into the success quote. At Entrepreneur on Fire, we really like to start every show off with our guest favorite success quote to get that motivational ball rolling and to get people really pumped up for the content that you have for us today, Ryan. So what do you have for us today? Sure. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is, champions are made when nobody is watching. Uh, this, this quote, really it revolves around, you know, it, it, it's kind of used a lot in, the, in, in, you know, athletics. But I think it applies to entrepreneurs because, you know, at the end of the day, it's what you're doing and what you're putting in. Uh, as an entrepreneur, sometimes you feel isolated. Your friends, your, your family, you know, most of my friends have nine to fives. Uh, they come home and they're, they're looking for something, you know, to, to do outside of work. Uh, their weekends aren't dedicated to work. Uh, I think it's the discipline, you know, of, you know, putting in the time and putting in the effort in, in, you know that's that's kind of the the, the model that I live by. I, I think that you know what you do behind the scenes and what you put in is really what you're going to get out. And if you want to be an entrepreneur, uh, you you better clear your schedule because there's a lot of people that might be in love with uh, you know being an entrepreneur or the idea of being an entrepreneur, but if you don't love the work and you can't put in the time behind the scenes, you're never going to be successful at it. That is so true, Ryan and. To correlate that with Entrepreneur on Fire, when, when I first launched my venture and was going out there and getting my mentors and coaches and people who had been in the podcasting or broadcasting world, I really got the same general feedback of, John, you are really crazy. There's no way you are going to be able to keep up a daily show five days a week. And I've now actually even turned it into a seven-day-a-week show with my question and answer session on the weekends. I continue to get that feedback but for me, it always came back to that word that you use, which was discipline. I learned discipline in the Army. I know what it means to just wake up early, to work hard, to maintain focus, and to do it until the job is done. And then you reap the benefits of that work and of that work ethic later. So I completely am on the same page as you, Ryan. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Take it down to the ground level now. Let us really see inside your life at Obsidio, how do you really apply this quote and this mentality to your everyday life? Well, I think that's what it's all about. I think you hit the nail on the head. It's consistency and discipline. Uh, you know, I, I talk to people all the time, and 
you know, everybody has an idea, everybody wants to start a business. Uh, really, you know, what I do on a, on, a, on a daily basis is, you know, I'm a creature of habit. There's, you know, I, I do the same things every day. Now, unfortunately, I don't only, only have Obsidio, I have some other companies. And, you know, as a startup, you're putting on a lot of different hats uh, and, and you're doing a lot of different things. But I think at the end of the week, you have to be consistent with what you do during the day. Uh, and consistency and discipline are, are the two biggest things of, of, you know, being an entrepreneur. If you want to be your own boss, you have to learn early that, you know, hey, yeah, I could go take a two-hour lunch right now or, hey, I could blow off at 3 o'clock. But, you know, that's not it. I mean, some people, I think, go into, you know, trying to be an entrepreneur and they think, hey, uh, this is going to be a flexible schedule. Well, you know, like I always tell people, the only, the only flexible schedule you have is, you know, what 18 hours you're going to work during the day. Uh, <laughs> and and that, that's really it. So, you know, how it applies is it gives me, I guess it gives me focus that, you know, when I'm sitting here, and other people in my network might be, you know, doing a fun event or, or doing something and I have to get something done. It keeps me focused and I remember, you know, that that quote. So I think it I think it's powerful and I think it, you know, kinda keeps you on point as as far as what you're looking at because you give up a lot. You really do. Uh, not only financially are you gonna struggle, uh, you know, for most people going into this. I mean, you know, you look at it and most successful business people have been, you know, uh, broke or bankrupt or you know, on, on the edge several times. So, you know, if you're doing it for the money and you're not doing it for, for the love of it or if you're just in love, like I said, with the concept of being an entrepreneur, then you're probably in it for the wrong reason. So, uh, you know, having some dip, discipline, focus, and, and consistency, I, I think, is uh, is what you need. Could not agree more, Ryan. And you are obviously showing that with what you're doing at Obsidio, which is why it's at where it is today. And that's one of the main driving reasons that I wanted to create Entrepreneur on Fire is because I knew there were people like you out there that would be honest and would share their journey. And Entrepreneur on Fire is about sharing the journey. And being an entrepreneur is not all fun and games. There's a lot of rewards, but it's a lot of hard work. Right. And for me, like I was willing to put that hard work in and do it every single day show and really just get it out there and really fill a niche that I saw. And because of that... Now I'm ranked number one for iTunes, new and noteworthy, getting over 100,000 downloads a month. If I had just listened to the coaches and the mentors, I probably would be just having an average show once a week doing what have you. You are really doing the same kind of mentality over at Obsidio, and you're seeing those same kind of results. So if you put the work and if you put the effort and if you keep your nose down and if you stay disciplined, the results are there waiting for you. Again, it's no straight path. It's a roller coaster as always. We're right. going to touch on that right now when we go to the next topic, which is failure. Ryan, right. this is about your journey as an entrepreneur. Take us back and share with Fire Nation a time that you failed or a time that you came across a challenge you just had to really struggle to overcome, and then share with us how you overcame that. Well, I, I mean, the failures and, and probably what you'll hear from a lot of entrepreneurs, I mean, the, the, there's probably too many to count. Uh, yeah. I can tell you firsthand that coming into a technology startup, uh, you know, me and, and, and the team that I had were, were, were nascent. I mean, we were, you know, we really didn't know what we were getting into. Uh, it, it's, it's different than starting other businesses that I've, uh, you know, started over the years. So there's been a ton of failures. Uh, I think one of the biggest challenges with Obsidio was is we were crazy enough to try to build this massive platform. 
that did a lot of different things. It combines business networking. It combines you know content and project management. Uh, and then it combines all these social collaboration tools. And developing an identity early is something that I think we failed at miserably. Uh, probably over the last couple months after launching, did we only realize that hey, we could be building you know the largest platform or the best platform in the world, but if we don't create an identity, then we're going to have problems. I think we always knew what the purpose of it was going to be. I think we always had a vision for it. You know, our visions always remained steadfast as far as you know creating this open network where people can share knowledges, pool resources, you know, change the paradigm of how how small businesses reach out and, and locate experts. You know, as as an overall vision, but not having an identity, uh, I think, set us back. And uh, the the way that we kind of worked through that was, uh, you know, finally getting the, the you know the members of the site to provide us with feedback and where they wanted to go. And once we started allowing them to drive some of the development and kind of their perceptions on what what this was and how they were using it, we you know we're, we're starting to form a you know a, a pretty good identity. So that was that was definitely a failure, uh, and you know, there, there's hundreds of others, but uh, I don't think we could probably fit them in in a 30-minute segment. But I, I could go on and on. But there's been a lot of mistakes. Well, Ryan, thank you for sharing that failure slash mistake that you made, and also thank you for sharing the lesson that you took away from it. A book that I actually talk a lot about on Entrepreneur on Fire which is a book that I like. I don't love the book. I think at some points it's long and drawn out, but I think its message at the core is great. And that's Eric Reese's The Lean Startup. Right. And he talks so much about the minimally viable product, getting it out there and then right. getting feedback from your customers as soon as possible and adjusting on that. So once you started doing that, what were one or two major changes or adjustments that you made that you really saw results on? Well, that's a great question, and, and you know, actually, that is my recommended book. I think at some point, about oh, it's probably about I would say 13, 14 months ago, I, I read Eric Reese's book, and that changed the entire way we did development. I mean, it really fundamentally shift shifted our focus on back to you know his systems, like you said. It, it's about building a minimum viable product. It's about a build, measure, learn. Or, or pivot if it's not working. And like I said, I think what that did is, is it allowed us to focus and, you know, drive home the fact that we, we couldn't be this platform of, you know, everything to everyone, but we had to, had to be, you know, something to someone. And building specific tools and applications as we went along, we just weren't getting the, the, the customer-generated feedback. I mean, Eric Reese's principles are are pretty simple. He he wants you to launch early. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't necessarily care uh, that if there's bugs that the system doesn't work. I was never a big fan of that. You know, it would, and like I said, this kind of comes back to you know me being a little bit nascent to this industry. But in other businesses, if you launched an inferior product, you know, you're going to die quickly. Uh, and I, I think he's really changed the paradigm on on how it's launched. But specifically for us, that that was really it. I mean, we. We searched for an identity for a long time. Like I said, we had a purpose, but to get down to where we took each application and applied that theory of you know building a minimum viable product so we could get it to a customer base, then taking that customer base and allowing them to expand on it. So you know before we were building products, 
then taking them to our customer base or you know our members and saying you know give us feedback well we were missing critical pieces along the way and the products weren't as successful as they would have been if we would have just listened to the customers uh, so specifically that's where things started to change for us and we do you know now like I said we're consistent every product that we do is either based on a customer demanding it or what we'll do is we'll get to a minimum viable product of something that's been on a roadmap or something that other people have said they wanted and we'll get it out to the base as soon as possible to beta test it and, and work through the problems. That's really good stuff and a really good application of Eric Reese and his principles. And let's use that, Ryan, to transition now to the other end of the spectrum. You share with us some challenges, mistakes, failures that you've had, which we all have as entrepreneurs. But there's also those aha moments and you and I both get our aha moments from our customers, from our listeners, from our audience that we interact with. That's such an important part of our businesses and they inspire us and they move us forward in different directions, maybe having us pivot or maybe having us just really overcome that obstacle in front of us because we know we have to. Share with Fire Nation an aha moment that you had, a real light bulb that came on in your minds. Well, for, for me... Uh, and and I, I thought about this question for a little bit. I, I think what it comes back to is, yeah, I, I think we all have these aha moments, but where I get my enjoyment is seeing the different ways people use an application that you thought could never be used in that way. Uh, because what it does is it gets the creative juices flowing again. It gets you, you know, back reengaged. It, you know, it, it gives you hope of, you know, the potential or, the, or you know, just the possibilities that you know building what we've built and how powerful it could be I mean fundamental you know fundamentally I think this can change like I said I think this can change the way you know you know small businesses leverage knowledge and resources and, and share uh, you know th these type of things together so just you know on a daily basis I'll see somebody use this thing in a different way or for you know a different application and I, I think it's a series of these, these, you know, these little aha moments. But, you know, I, I don't think, you know, it, it's safe to say, hey, you know, you know, hey, you know, you know, we've made it, or, or, <laughs> or, you know, we're we're at the end of the road. I think, you know, really, we just we just take these little, you know, these little ways, or if we get feedback from somebody, or if you know, we see somebody connected in a way we never thought possible, and it just it kind of puts that light bulb on, and it and it gives you that motivation and hope of, you know, what you're what you're doing and uh, you know going broke doing it and, and getting gray hair and no sleep is, is going to be worth it at the end of the road. Well, Ryan, you just touched on this, so let's go into this next question. Have you had an I've made it moment? No, I, you know, John, I, I don't necessarily believe, I'm pretty grounded in the fact of setting unrealistic goals. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I, I think if you do set unrealistic goals, I think what you have to do is have a series of milestones that you can celebrate in between, you know, to, to keep yourself motivated and get there. But in, in technology, uh, and, and you probably know just as well, uh, you know, you might be hot one day and on top of the world, but the next day, you, not only you're ir irrelevant, but you're gone. Oh, yeah. You know, and even financially wiped out. Uh, so, you know, with our team, we, we really focus on, you know, not being that next person that's going to be extinct. Uh, our journey's been a lot longer than, than than some of these people that are that are you know having success. But I think what we're doing is we're really laying a long-term foundation 
to have a viable product over the next you know couple decades. You know, we're not looking at this thing as, as short term. So, uh, will we you know ever say that we've made it? You know, sure. Maybe if we look at this thing a couple of, a couple of years down the road, and there's you know 50 to 100 you know million people using it, and uh, it's super successful. But I think when you start saying that you've made it, you're obviously uh, you know you're you're pretty quickly going to be extinct in in this in this industry. That is a great way of looking at it, and that's one reason why I love this question is because every entrepreneur looks at this question differently. Some people it stumps, some people dive right into it. Some people say, I have an I've made a moment every day I wake up. Some people say, I will never have an I've made a moment. For me, I think you hit on it perfectly. You need to set these BHAGs, these big, hairy, audacious goals, but then really have these true milestones along the way that when you reach them, you are celebrating, you're appreciating the achievements and the accomplishment that you have come to at that point because life is about the journey and you work way too hard, Ryan, to just look up one day and realize that you haven't been enjoying the journey that you're on. That's correct. So, Ryan, we're going to move now into your current business because you have so many exciting things going on with Obsidio. I'm a big part of going on there every day and seeing what is happening. I truly like that. I'm enjoying every aspect of it and seeing the growth that's happening as we speak. But what's one thing, just one thing that's really exciting you about Obsidio right now? Yeah, well, well, first of all, to touch on that, you know, uh, from from you know our feedback, I think everybody loves uh, you know you guys you guys posting these podcasts. Uh, I think it's been a real cool thing, and uh, you know more than probably you know. I mean, I'm getting feedback from all kinds of people. I even got somebody shot me a message the other day and just said, "Hey, this stuff is great," you know. So we we really do appreciate you coming on and posting that and, and giving us some you know some more diversified content. But uh, yeah, you know one of the things that we're working on right now that I that I think is really cool is. Like I said, this whole community concept, uh, you know, in, in these communities, what we're trying to do is we're trying to build tools to have an active networking. Uh, you know, so like I said earlier, if you're on like a LinkedIn or a Google Plus, you kind of feel like you're out in the Wild West. What we're trying to do is not only connect people on a local or regional level first. But we want to give them the tools to actively solve problems within a community, share knowledge, uh, things that you know, things that you're not doing on other sites because they don't have the features of you know managing the content or the tools to do that. You're you, you know networking isn't static as far as you know going on to a LinkedIn and saying, hey, I met you at a networking event last night. Let's you know let's connect on LinkedIn. What we want to do is build these active communities, get people engaged in these communities. And have them, you know, help other people solve problems. You know, if, if somebody's an expert, everybody on our platform is an expert at something. When they engage in these communities, they add value. You know, the tools that we're building now are going to make it more easy for people to plug into these communities. And, you know, easier for people to pull in other experts and, and find ways to solve these problems through these social collaboration tools. Uh, so that's been really exciting for us. And, and as we do that, we you know we continue to build out um, you know on, on the tools themselves that that help people connect or whatnot. But I think at, at this point, that's really what's uh, really what's driven us, and that's really where we're starting to get some some good feedback from people because they understand that you know hey, you know there are all these these networks, but what are you doing on these networks? I mean I I, I mean I was on Twitter this morning, I was laughing. I seen a guy on there with 
I think he had like 300 and some followers and he was following like 400,000 people. And, you know, he must send out a tweet every 15 to 20 minutes. And, you know, it's almost like the equivalent of, you know, I think he's from New York, but, you know, I wanted to send him one back. I mean, you might as well open your window and just yell out under the street. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, because who are you broadcasting to? So we, we really have some cool things planned as far as we want to get uh, more students engaged in the platform. I think this is a great platform for students to get on when they're getting close to graduating where they can get some real-world experience working with people to solve a problem, unlike trying to create a network or, you know, trying to create 500 contacts on another social network, be it whatever it is. You know, the power's in a network, but really actively, you know, engaging with these networks to, you know, to, to do something, to expand an opportunity to share knowledge or resources is what I think will, you know, help these, you know, not only students, but it helps the businesses on the other side uh, where they can, uh, you know, they don't have to invest in all this overhead to go try to find somebody where they can connect. And uh, people just have this this natural forum and this ecosystem to just share. Uh, and it, it is pretty cool and it's pretty exciting. Well, I'm excited personally to see where you take Obsidio. I just see it taking big steps every single day. So I can't even imagine where it's going to be a year, two years, five years from now. So I look forward to being part of that process. And We'll use that to move into my favorite part of the show, Ryan, which is the lightning round, because this is where I get to ask you a series of questions. You come back at us, Fire Nation, with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? This, that's great. Let's go. <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Uh, you know, I look at it the other way around. I think it was always, for me, a case of, uh, you know, what was holding me back from working in corporate America. Uh, as soon as I graduated college... Uh, you know, I, I really, uh, you know, I, I think I went to a couple job interviews. The economy was bad. That was around 2002. Uh, I ended up probably at an insurance place like John Hancock or something. I, and I think I accepted a job. I walked in there and after the first day, I knew I couldn't do it. Uh, so I reverted to, uh, you know, a, a guy that I worked with in development. And basically I showed up at his door the next day. I said, listen, let's start a company. He went along with it, and ever since then, I've I've been there. I, I know most people's typical path would probably be to go to work in corporate America and, and you know learn a trade or learn a process or learn how that works. But I think it was opposite for me. I I think I've just always had it. I've always had it in my blood. Uh, you know, I've always been a little bit of a riverboat gambler. To, you know, to take risk, and uh, you know, it, it's always been there. So I <laughs> I started early. What is the best business advice you ever received? Uh, you know, I, I had a chance to work with some some great motivational speakers uh, and, and business consultants about five years ago, uh, and one of them was Dan Clark. And I remember talking to Dan and getting him off to the side, and and he kind of talked to me about. Uh, and, and, and you can look it up today. I mean, you can YouTube it. Uh, Dan is you know uh, co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, but some of his good stuff is on Law of Attraction. And that's when he told me, you know, and, and at the time I had, you know, several different businesses and, and things going on. And he, you know, that's kind of when he told me, he says, look, you know, you, you, you can be in love with the concept, but you better love the work you're doing or you're never going to be successful in it. And then he gets on to more of what really the law of attraction is. And really what he stressed was the power of your network. And, 
and he he goes back in some of his videos and he says you you're you're going to be an average of the five people that you hang around with most right so you know if you don't like something that you're attracting you need to change that and one of the things that I've took from it as far as business advice is I guess first you know trying to get into something that you know as painful as it is to be successful you better love what you're doing and, and, and understand that all this work that you're putting in for is going to be for a purpose. And the second thing is, which kind of even falls into Obsidio, is the power of your network. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people go as far as the network that they're with. I mean, if you hang around with negative people, uh, you're probably going to get a negative output. If you if you hang around with positive people and expand your network, you're going to get a positive output. And uh, I think he famously said that, you know, you can't serve with the eagles if you're scratching with the chickens. So, you know, I, I think I've kind of taken that advice. And at that time, I, I made a shift in, into trying to, you know, build a stronger network and uh, really make sure what I was doing had had, had a value uh, and that I love doing it. Well, those are some great insights. Thank you for that, Ryan. What's something that's working for you or your business right now? Uh, well, one of the cool things as far as what's working for us is we just developed a uh, I, first of all I, I kind of like to do these customer we, we have a specific roadmap and we're always building out features but what we do sometimes if, if we have you know a, a customer or a large member base that wants something we'll step that in front uh, recently uh, Keller Williams office here in Tampa they have about 200 people and, and a couple of the agents after I showed them the system came to me and they said look you know we, we've, we've got this problem with you know, everybody in the company on a daily basis sends around this long chain email saying, hey, who's the best plumber in town? You know, who's the best guy for air conditioning? You know, what title company can we use? And they were on a basically an old prehistoric system that nobody ever used. They had a proprietary system there at Keller Williams. And, you know, it wasn't social. It was a static system where people could go in there and enter information, but nobody used it. So, you know, what we did is we came in and we built them a basically a social CRM system where not only can they add contacts you know to their company page but all the contacts that they add are social so there's a way of threaded communications around all these contacts there's a way to vote these people up and down so it really gives somebody that's looking for a central database to come back and you know go into an area to find a vendor find a customer you know find a person that they need you know, quickly look at it, see if he's voted up or down. People, like, like I said, also have a uh, you know an avenue to follow that person. You know, there's always something changing. Maybe a guy went out of business. Maybe he's not doing as good as work anymore. But there's a comments you know section where people can have real time discussions on it. So that's where I find uh, you know the most fun in this thing when I get it to go out, work hand in hand with these people, and really you know develop something for them like that. What a great example. Do you have an internet resource, Ryan, like an Evernote that you're just in love with right now that you can share with Fire Nation? Hootsuite is is where where I've had the most fun lately. Uh, I, I you know I, I tend to play around with some different toys, but uh, Hootsuite, and I don't know if you're familiar with it, but basically it allows you you know to connect all your social profiles. So you know I'll I'll take uh, my my LinkedIn account, my uh, my Twitter account, and uh, you know our, our Facebook account, and you you can kind of manage all your status updates from one platform, which is you know it, it's it's a pretty cool tool, and it allows you to cover a lot of ground. 
That's exactly what I use with Entrepreneur on Fire. And man, it's such a time saver and it just makes things so much more efficient. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great tool for sure. What's your favorite business book, Ryan? Uh, that would be, you know, like I said, that would probably be uh, The Lean Startup with Eric Reese. Uh, I think, you know, as far as I would recommend it to anybody, probably creating a startup in any industry. Uh, you know, when I, I, I had to read the book twice, when I first read it, I thought, wow, you know, there is nothing that I've done right in this process. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think as of anything, I think you have to take some things out of context I don't think any one startup is alike. Uh, I think there's a fine line, especially what he talks about in his book, between you know launching a little bit too early or selling a message that you can't back up too early. Uh, and I think you know for anybody that reads that, they need to you know you know take warning and you know this is your own decision. I, I mean, what he's trying to do is push you over the edge in one way because naturally we we just don't think we're ready, uh, and he's trying to push you over, but. Really, on, on, on the backside, I think everybody needs to, you know, uh, you know, look at their product and say, hey, you know, yeah, it's great that we're, we can launch early, try to build a customer base, but, you know, you get one shot at doing it. So, as far as educational, though, uh, that, that's probably one of the best books out there. And like I said, uh, there's no doubt in my mind, especially in the, in the technology side, in the tech startups, that probably 90% of the kids, I don't care if they're coming out of Silicon Valley or New York, uh, if you're building an app or whatever you're building, uh, you know they're using his principles, and there's a reason for it. So uh, I would recommend that book highly. So Ryan, this last question's my favorite. Take your time, digest it. It's kind of a tricky one, but come back at us with as good of answers as you can. If you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew nobody, you still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have right now, $500, a laptop with internet connection, and your food and shelter is taken care of. What do you do in the next seven days? Well, I think this one's easy for me. Uh, I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll tell you the story how, of basically, how Obsidio, how, how we first started developing it on, on Obsidio. I, I didn't have a team at the time. I had you know, contracted with a development house. Uh, to, to start building the early designs of Obsidio. Uh, at that time, when I went there, I think they quoted me like uh, $100,000 to build the site that I wanted to build. Uh, you know, th this was three, four years ago, and this was just the initial phase of it. Uh, I, I think I talked them down somewhere to about half, and before we got going, they wanted you know maybe a $15,000 down payment. At the time, uh, you know, like I said, the, the economy was bad. I didn't want to really pull money out of the other businesses. So I didn't know if it was the right thing to do to try to come up with 15000 So I said, you know what? I knew there was a good trade, and I used to be active in, in trading stocks, uh, you know, mostly options. So I took about three to $4,000 and basically just, you know, bet on black. <laughs> and uh, the next morning I woke up and I had, you know, about $23,000 in my bank account. So I called him the next day. I said, well, let's get it started. I, you know, I, I kind of felt it was a sign. Wow. So, you know, what, you know, looking at this question, if I had $500, my first, you know, as soon as I woke up, if I had it at 9 o'clock by 9.10, I would probably be in a trading account, and I would try to figure out how to, <laughs> how to make a living off it or at least get it to a point where I could expand on it from there. Uh, 
So that that would definitely be what I would do if I had a computer and internet. I would probably be trading it. Good, good. And that's what I'm looking for is the honest answer to what you would do. It's unique. It's not for everybody, but it's a different way of looking at it. So thank you for sharing that with us. It's very actionable. And you've given us actionable advice this entire interview, Ryan, and we are all better for it. Give Fire Nation one parting piece of guidance, then give yourself a plug, and then we'll say goodbye. Well, I I think as we've talked about through the interview, I mean, if... if, uh you know, just the trials and tribulations. There's a lot of lot of your user base, or a lot of people that are you know listening to you, are maybe aspiring entrepreneurs, or maybe they're on the fence. Maybe they don't know if that's you know if it's what's right for them. Uh, I mean, it usually starts with somebody having another job and saying, you know, you're scared to death. I mean, you're focused on one income, and you're, you you got to take that leap. Uh, but I think really what you have to do is you have to look back and say. Look, you know, there's always you, you'll always find a way, you know, and, and especially through good work. And if you don't take the leap, you know, you're you're going to regret it. But I think going into it, you have to know some people can take chances, take risks, and some people aren't comfortable with it. If you're simply not comfortable with it, this isn't a business for you to be in, as as far as being, you know, trying to be an entrepreneur. But uh, you know, if not, take the leap and. Uh, you, you'll find a way to get through it. You know, you can't worry about, you know, the money and the things like that. You do something that you love and it'll find a way. So that would be my advice. And uh, on the backside, everybody, you know, for any business professional, uh, you know, go check out Obsidio. We have a new Facebook login feature, so you don't even have to spend time creating another account. You can log in with your Facebook credentials. You know, get on the site, get active. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, looking to jump into a community to help somebody solve a problem. If you want to create a, uh, you know, social community for your own company, uh, or if you need, you know, uh, a remote project management solution, or if you're using it like John himself, where you're you're on there building an active network. Uh, it's got something for everybody. It's got a lot of content management features for where you have your own personal cloud to store files and create tasks and do cool stuff like that. So check it out. That it does, Ryan. Entrepreneur on Fire, we thank you for being so generous with your time. You can find the show notes at entrepreneuronfire.com slash 83. Ryan, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you, John. I appreciate the opportunity. Okay, Fire Nation. Are you inspired enough to start your entrepreneurial journey? You need to begin with a platform and your platform is your website. I've created a video that will take you through the process of buying your domain, installing WordPress, and creating your first post all in under seven minutes. Visit entrepreneuronfire.com blue to find out how to access this great video and take your entrepreneurial leap today. Thank you for joining us at entrepreneuronfire.com, your daily dose of inspiration. Prepare to ignite.